I love the costumes. I love seeing them, but I also see what they look like at the end. <laughs> the people that go all out and it, it becomes, it's really cute at the beginning and then it's a hot mess by the end. This one's radio episode 836 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Be Ready on Race Day, which may not be the greatest title for a book right now as we are still dealing with, uh, you know, coronavirus situation and races uh, still being kind of up in the air as far as whether or not they will happen. But here's the thing with good training, sound training principles, which I think, I hope at least, is what uh, what Be Ready on Race Day is all about. It's kind of helping you put together good, solid training principles, ultimately with the idea of, of building up towards a race. But even if races aren't, you know, happening as quickly and as, uh, you know, as, as much as we would like due to the, the coronavirus situation, good training is still good training. And good, solid training principles are going to put you in a position so that when races do eventually start happening, which hopefully will be happening uh, in, in another few months down the road, You'll be ready to, you know, fine tune, hone in and get out there and get after it. So, you know, if you're kind of not sure what to do, kind of feel like you're lost in the water a little bit as far as training right now with no races happening and and everything being up in the air. um, I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm kind of giving you a a, a subtle nudge or maybe not so subtle nudge towards buying a copy of my book and, and putting it into practice. But I really think it'll help. I really do. Um, And then, of course, you know, once there are races happening again, it'll help for that as well. But I mean, you can, the same principles apply whether you're building towards a, a race in the, in the near term or whether you're just making sure you're building your base. Uh, good training is good training. And, and like I said, be ready on race day is uh, my book that is all about how to help you create your own training plan for those that uh, maybe don't have it in the budget to work with a coach right now. Um, or maybe just don't even want to, maybe you like to do it DIY style. Well, this gives you the, the blueprint and allows you to to put it into place. So check it out if you haven't done so already. Be ready on com is the website. It's also available on Amazon and Kindle. Just search for Be Ready on Race Day and uh, get yourself a copy and uh, put it to use. And let me know if you have any questions. Let me know how it works for you. I always love to hear that uh, somebody read the book, put it into practice, and uh, feels like they like it was worth it. Like they they moved in the right direction. That's what we're aiming for. So check it out. Be ready on com. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in. To today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, as you may have heard, uh, I ran the 2020 Goofy Challenge at, at Walt Disney World this year as a member of team in training. And uh, you know, w- when I ran that, you probably remember if you've been listening to the show for a while, I talked to several folks that were in town to do that race as well. And today I have the pleasure of talking with another uh, team in training team member, but not one who uh, ran Disney, but she is uh, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society uh, in the build up to running the 2020 Boston Marathon. And as you probably have heard, this year's Boston, a little bit affected by uh, COVID nineteen, so uh, it's it's you know interesting to get her perspective. Somebody who's training for the race um, and will be running it in the fall, kind of how that's all shaking out. So obviously we've got that to talk about, uh, and obviously as well, uh, you know, t- team and training type of stuff to talk about, kind of how she got connected with that uh, organization, and also uh, you know, as I'm sure will probably come up at some point, 
she's a little bit of a Run Disney fan as well. So we got obviously a Run Disney connection to, to talk about. So we got more of the story. Plenty of things to talk about today uh, and excited to do so with Ms. Kristen Foley. So Kristen, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to connect with Kristen on the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, different handles in each place, which is you know never a problem, but just always more of a mouthful. But we'll, we'll get through it. We'll point you in the right direction. Instagram, uh, the handle there is at K-M-I-C-Q-U-E. Uh, and on Twitter, the handle there is her name, at Kristen M. Foley, uh, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-F-O-L-E. F-O-L-E-Y. Uh, and as per usual, have li- the, the links for those places. We'll also have the link for her uh, team and training page if you feel so inclined to, to make a donation there. Uh, in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at disruns.com slash 836. Disruns.com slash 836. So, uh, Kristen, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple and straightforward question. Sometimes the answer is simple and straightforward. Sometimes the answer is a little more uh, in-depth and complicated. But either way, it just gives us plenty of things to, or plenty of, of possibilities for where to take the conversation after we get through this first question. And that is just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? You know, I thought about this hard. Um, I think my, my, my new favorite distance is a 10k because it pushes me a little more than a 5k and i love half marathons i've done a lot but a 10k i think that's my strongest um just because it i always know what my best 10k time was and where i need to be and when i where i know i'm behind so that 10k is the one that i'm gonna go with gotcha gotcha that's a that's definitely a a fun distance and one that uh, i feel like every time somebody mentions 10k which isn't super common but it's not super rare either. It's, it's kind of one of those that, that gets picked up once in a while. Um, I always say the same thing is like, I love the 10k as well, but at least in my area, there's like literally, at least in, in town, there's, you know, literally two 10ks per year versus there's probably more than 52 5ks per year, at least in a normal year. Obviously this year, everything's a little bit sideways with the social distancing and races being canceled left, right, and center. But you know, I feel like in town here, um, several several weekends a year there's there's two three four five k's you can choose from um but only one like i said only two 10 k's per year even to to choose from all that to say do you have opportunities to race a lot of 10 k's in your in your part of the world or are they a little bit rare there as well there actually are quite a few um there would have been one coming up um in april which was going to be the right after the boston marathon that i was considering just kind of as a recovery and Mm -hmm. it actually got pushed to august so it's probably going to be a training run for me now too um, and, but there's several, and what's great about the ones that we have here, they're in a variety of locations. So there's some that are through our downtown, which is Columbus, Ohio. And then there's some that are on, um, like rec, like parks pathways. Mm-hmm. So little different atmosphere and some of them are out in the country. So there, there are a variety that I can pick from. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, consider me, consider me officially jealous because, uh, like I said, you just don't have that many opportunities here and, and for whatever, you know, I guess it's just the, the, the logistics of the course, but our, our 10 K routes in uh, the, the two races they do are both similar route and they both have like four Hills, uh, that, that are substantial enough Hills for central Florida. I mean, we're not, we're not the mountains anywhere, but, uh, you know, when you're, when you're five and a half miles deep and then you've got, a uh, couple hundred yard hill to go up to, to try to finish strong. It's not the most exciting thing. So I kind of, A, wish I had more options to choose from as far as just number of races and B, it would be nice to have a different course. So you got the, sounds like you've got the best of both worlds, at least when it comes to the 10K in, in the Columbus area. 
And the then there's always the Disney, which I did the, their 10K last year for Star Wars. Of course, so. of course. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess I could make that trip, but it's just like like maybe you know consider me uh you know that, that runner stop is like yeah, but I don't know if I want to go 45 minutes to run it you know like drive 45 minutes to run it when uh, it'd just be nice if there was more in town. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. So um <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into some of the Disney stuff as we go, but would would be curious to to maybe start off um with how'd you get started in the sport, Kristen? Is it something that's that's always been part of your life? Something that's a little bit more uh, recent ish? How'd you How'd you stumble down uh, the path of the runner? Um, Well, I can say that it wasn't until later in life that I started running. Um, I would say that I was lucky that I could run if um, somebody was chasing me (laughs) in the years past. Um, And I started kind of running. I was always doing 5Ks here and there. And then in 2010, I got it into my head that I was going to train for a half. And that's kind of where it started. So a friend of mine, um, Danielle, helped train me for that. And I did a pretty decent time. It was a two, I think it was two thirty-two for my very first mm-hmm. half. And after that, I was like, okay, what's next. And later that year I decided I was going to do a full. So I kind of jumped right in. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and I have, <laughs> and I have, I've ever since then, um, I've, I run, I can't even, I've lost count of the amount of half marathons I've run in the past 10 years, but it's easily in the, in the 40 to 45 range now, wow. I think. And, um, I just, I just, I love it. It's a, it, like everybody says it is, it is a runner's high and I always wanted to see what was next, but then I always kind of fell back to say, okay, where can I, where can I change it up? So I don't get bored too. Right. So that was where it started. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, um, uh, something that certainly I know I enjoy about the, the world of running and, and the different races and options that are out there is that, um, you know, if you find something that you really enjoy, obviously you can, you can keep running half marathons or five K's tank, whatever you can run, whatever distance you want, as much as you want, as at least as far as, uh, you, you can find the races you're willing to travel to them. But if you like to have some variety, um, between roads, trails, um, you know, shorter stuff, longer stuff, some, you can even find races that have relays. So you can run it with a partner. You run half of it and switch off and the, the other person runs the other half. Um, certainly no, no shortage of, of options that are available, uh, which is, which is really cool to just kind of have, you know, like you said, can you keep mixing it up, keep it fresh, keep looking for new challenges, keep returning to some of the, the stuff that feels good. Um, really a, a cool aspect of our sport. I, and one of the things that, um, that I loved about it. Uh, we have a local training um, group here called the Columbus Eastside Running Club. And I joined them um, after my first marathon. I trained for my first marathon by myself for the most yeah. part. And I learned that that was not fun. <laughs> and I, especially on those long days. And so Danielle was part of that and brought me in. And that really was something that helped encourage me to, because then we were training for the same races together too. So we encouraged each other throughout the whole time. And then, um, we're there for each other on race day and, and, you know, after race day, you know, the celebration meals and things like that. But that's one of the aspects that I truly, um, fell into that I love the most about running is because there, there is a camaraderie um, that I have found that is different from any of my other friends. Cause we share, we share a different connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that community, that, that connection, that being able to just go out and get, you know, an hour, two hours, sometimes three hours, four hours of, of just side by side and conversation and, and, uh, sometimes not conversating, but just being, being in the presence of each other while you're, while you're grinding through some miles is something that, uh, I know a lot of people, um, really love about the sport and, and, you know, kind of helps get through some of those long training runs certainly is having, having somebody to, uh, be there with you. Um, since, since, you know, the times are what they are and, and we're in this, this world of, uh, of, you know, 
coronavirus right now, COVID-19 and, and social distancing and whatnot. Um, we'd be curious to, to at least ask the question. If you, if you want to brush it off and move on, we can certainly do that as well. But how has, how has, you know, the, the here and now the present tense uh, impacted some of those, those, you know, those group run, obviously group runs aren't really happening right now, but has that impacted your training at all? And, and your running, have you been kind of struggling to, to do things solo or has it been an adjustment that you've been able to make or kind of how is, how is um, COVID-19 impacted your running so far? Beyond the obvious uh, of yeah, it the impacting the is... Boston marathon, of course, we'll get to that. And when we get there, but right. training, as far as training goes, how has it impacted you? Yeah, the, the group runs are, are not happening. They actually um, stopped that um, probably two or three weeks ago before everything was really impacted, um, which was smart on their mm-hmm. part. But they, um, I am running solo right now, um, pretty much up and down my street <laughs> for <laughs> right. the most part right now. Um, I, have a, a, I have run this path so many times that I know where my mileage is, so how many loops I actually have to make. And it's, it's harder. Um, I, and the, the weekend that they canceled Boston, which I know you're going to talk about, but I was supposed to do 18 that weekend. And ever since then, my mileage has kind of come back down. And I noticed my speed now, even for the low mileage is hard to maintain. And I don't, I haven't quite figured out how to build that back up yet. Um, but mostly because I was training for long runs, so I'm sure that's affecting my speed anyways. But in my men- my my mental state of running five miles, I shouldn't be running at a certain pace. But I, I am running at a certain pace because I was training for a marathon, not a 5K. Right. So it it it's definitely changed your the mental thought of and and missing missing the people that I'm running with. And and one of the things they always joke about in those group runs with me is that I tend to be quiet, but I listen, mm. which keeps me focused on the run. Um, but they always knew when I really wanted to add something in, I would talk. So they knew that I, I had something to say <laughs> <laughs> when, when, if they were talking about a subject or a topic and, and I would chime in, then they're like, Oh, well, she really wanted to say something because normally I, I'm super quiet. So um, I just think it, it is more difficult right now. I'm still doing it mm-hmm. um, because I have an end goal and, um, but it's harder. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It's, it's, um, you know, it's obviously the, the whole situation is just bonkers anyway. And, and, um, and, and in the grand scheme of things, having your running interrupted a little bit is not the, not that big of a deal, but boy, as, as a runner, you know, speaking to runners, it's, it's, it's an adjustment and, you know, we all get into our grooves. We all get into our routines. We have our, our, you know, for a lot of us, a lot of our best friends are the people that we run with. And so, you know, practicing the social distancing, the, those, those friendship connections kind of, uh, get lost in the shuffle as well, which is, which is tough. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing to handle, but, but kudos to, to figuring out, to at least get out and, and keep running back and forth up and up and down the street in front of the house and, and doing what you got to do. Um, because you know, hopefully fingers crossed sooner rather than later, this, this, I, I don't know that I'm, I believe that, but at least I'm going to keep hoping that sooner rather than later, this, you know, this will get under control and we'll be back to, to quote unquote normal and, and back to the group runs and back to, to running some races, uh, before long. And, and obviously, you know, keep for you, keep training for Boston, everybody keep training for those fall races because, um, you know, with, with a little bit of luck and, and good Lord willing, we'll be, we'll be back to running them, uh, you know, as they're now scheduled for, for the fall. Um, but before we get into Boston and I want to, I want to spend a, a bunch of time on, on 
that and the team and training and, and why you're doing that type of thing. Uh, I do want to touch a, a little bit on something that I, I believe I stumbled upon. Uh, you can correct me if I'm, if I'm mistaken here. My, my, my crack squad of researchers, which is really just myself, if, if we didn't do the right job of, <laughs> of uh, doing a little bit of, of, of work preparing for this. But uh, a few years back, you ran uh, several, and by several, I mean like 13-ish half marathons in the, in the same year. Is that, uh, is that an accurate statement? That is a very accurate statement in the year 2013. All right. So what, uh, what, what led up to that? What was, what, I mean, obviously the, the 13 number of, of, of run 13 races, 13.1 for the half marathon in 2013. But, uh, what was, what was the, uh, the reason for, for doing such a, I would imagine a pretty fun year, but, but what, uh, what led to that happening? So I wish I could take full credit for actually coming up there with the initial idea, but it was my running group. There was mm-hmm. another girl named Kristen in our group and she decided she was going to do it. And that, that end of that year was actually my 40th birthday. And I was just trying to think of things that I could do to challenge myself to kind of mark the year. And when she started um, just saying it, I'm like, well, how can we do that? There's not that many races, um, you know, that we could, schedule locally because mm-hmm. obviously you had to take into account financial right. uh we we started to do research we started planning we found at least we traveled for some of these and um there was probably above eight of us and we found some that were virtual because we mm-hmm. were training anyways we found virtual ones that were for charity so that we could the goal was you still had to earn a medal Gotcha. Um, if it was virtual. So we were still running those miles on the weekends, but we, I would say, I would say nine of them were actual races. And then we filled in some of the virtual ones, um, running those for, together. And, uh, yeah, my Disney, my Disney one was my last one for that year too. Gotcha. So I did the Disney wine and dine was my celebration. I have a picture of that too. I went full out with the t-shirt that marked what it said. I, I wore a, a lighted tutu. I wore the mouse ears. <laughs> I wore purple was my power color that year. So I was decked out in purple. Um, but that, again, it was a fun thing to do as a group. And we all celebrated at the end with, we walked into a restaurant with all of our medals on. Um, everybody could hear us coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was, uh, one of those cases, which every once in a while I stumble into one of these where, you know, unknowingly we, we ran, you know, we shared, shared the course that night. I was, I was there for that one. I had, uh, uh, was a big fan of the wine and dine race until they moved it to a morning race, which is another discussion for another day. But, uh, those, those PM, <laughs> those PM start times, they were, they were a lot of fun. And, and the, the post-race party at, you know, running into to Epcot and going back into the park and having, having a good time. Uh, certainly that was, that was a good, I always enjoyed it. But I'm sure for for you, kind of a, a nice little cherry on top for the the 13th uh, half marathon for the year. It was, and I did. Uh, you probably stumbled upon. I did write a blog um, that year to kind of just capture everything I was feeling for that whole year, uh, every race, everything that happened, and um, that was actually another year tied to Boston because that was you know one of the the year that the, mm-hmm. the Boston bombing. So I just captured what I was feeling as a runner um, for those runners who didn't get to finish and for the people that lost their lives. So it was, I look back and read those and I would say that my, my feelings of running and it kind of all comes back like the emotions of that whole year and things that, that were captured. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I, I hadn't put all that together yet, but, but clearly, I mean, 2013 was, was, a year that stands out in anybody anybody's mind who thinks about Boston and, and that year and, and for you, um, certainly lots of, of things going on, you know, 
emotions and just the, the, the highs and lows I would imagine from, from that year and, and everything that, that you were, um, you know, doing with your, with your goals for the year. And obviously with, with the bombing situation and how that, that all, you know, sadly played out. Um, and speaking of Boston, I guess we're, we're back here again. So let's, let's stop beating around <laughs> the bush and, and talk about Boston. So, um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing Boston this year with team and training when did, maybe it was 2030. Was that the kind of a, you know, when, when did the seed get planted about wanting to do, to do Boston? Was it then? Is it something more recently? How, how did, how did the, uh, uh, you know, this, this phase of the, the journey come into fruition? I watching Boston for me, since I started running it, I love watching those runners and I aspire to be that fast, but I knew in my, <laughs> in my heart of hearts that I will never qualify for Boston because I am just not that fast. Um, my knees do not function that way, uh, to, to bring my, to bring that speed and uh, to qualifying time, maybe someday I will say, you know, you never know, but, um, I just always watch that in such awe, just the commitment of those runners. And my the lead running coach from my running group ran that year too, and she finished before before that happened. But so I just am in all of people um, who qualify and who run it and who you know commit to it. Um, last year I was doing a kind of a bucket list. My my favorite mu- musician, his name is Tony Luca. He did a kind of an online mission manifest um, for 21 days and, and bucket lists, you know, those always come up, but it was the way he presented it. And I came up with, with five things that I, that I wanted to accomplish. And I put Boston on there. Um, knowing in the back of my mind, it wouldn't been, be a qualifying run, but I wanted to do it as a charity, um, charity, char- charity qualifier. Mm-hmm. And I started doing more research um, how I could do it. And I found multiple, multiple charities. There was a couple that I thought fit me. And then I found um, Team in Training and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, my dad was diagnosed in 2014 with leukemia. He is thankfully still considered at stage zero, which is just mind boggling to me because the, the, they know that the cells are running through his body, but they can't do anything about it right now. Wow. Um, so the, there's no treatment. If he took treatment, it would make him sick, um, or, or deflate his immune. Right. And at this point, that's definitely not something that they want, you know, would want to do. So thankfully he is still at stage zero, but I have other family members and, um, and friends who have been affected by leukemia and cancer in general. So when I saw this, it felt like the right fit. I did apply for one other one, um, as well, because I, I saw that one first and it's kind of funny. I got, I got into both, (laughs) but I, but leukemia and lymphoma society thankfully called me first. Um, and, and it was a, my process, I put in a note just to say I was interested in February of last year. Mm -hmm. I got a call in June to be initially interviewed and I didn't find out until October that I was selected as it was one of 35 people nationally that, and I am the first from central Ohio to be selected to be on the team and training for Boston. So I am truly, truly honored. That's, that's awesome. Um, so if, if I'm putting the pieces together here and, and again, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, is this your first time doing a, a charity race? For in this type of fundraising this type of capacity? Of fundraising, yeah, right. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Um, so obviously, you know, a, a cause that's, that's near and dear to you with, with your dad, uh, having, you know, been diagnosed with leukemia. Um, 
you know, when you, when you found the, the team and training stuff, you, you apply for the information and you apply to, to be part of it, get accepted. Um, how, how, how daunting was it to, to kind of, you know, to go through the fundraising part? Because I know for me, that's, that was something that, that I hesitated for many years to sign up for a race as a, as a, you know, to raise money, to, to cover the entry fee and things like that. Um, because it's like, gosh, I don't know if I really want to, you know, do the whole asking for, for donations thing. Was that, was that part of the process difficult for you? Has it been fairly easy? How is, how is that side of things played out for you? Well, and I guess I, I should take it back. I, I did do a Pelotonia here in, in mm. Columbus, Ohio, which was is the bike race every year for um, cancer fundraising for the mm-hmm. Ohio State Wexford Medical Center. So I take that back. I did do a charity, uh, but a bike, not mm-hmm. a run. Uh, so I had done it before, but my company at the time had matched my fundraising. So while I had a goal, they they matched um, the total goal so I had a, I think I had a goal of nine, 9,000 and they matched it. Mm, so it nice. ended up being 18,000 at the time. So, so, but I only, I raised 9,000, which seems I can do that again. I have, you know, family members that will, will bring that to, uh, to help me hit that total. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I first was going through this interview process, because the, the pool of applicants was so large and the amount of slots that they had, they had a very specific number that mm-hmm. they wanted people to agree to. And that, that was terrifying for me <laughs> because it, it would put, put me on the hook. And, um, that number was $15,000 and it scared me to death, but I was like, you know what, I can do this. It's, it, it didn't scare me to death. Sorry, bad term. It, it was daunting. Mm. It, um, but I, I agreed to it and I said, well, I've been in debt before I can be in debt again. <laughs> so it, it was something that I, I said, I can do this. And I, I reached out to people that, you know, agreed to help. And I, thankfully I hit that 15,000, um, maybe at the end of, I think it was December 29th of last year that I wow. hit that. So in two months I raised that amount. And that was all from personal donations and also some events that I hosted. And right now I'm at standing at twenty one thousand three hundred and seventy eight and thirty seven cents. And my my goal was twenty five. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, uh, you know, I I don't want to say that it's a silver lining, but maybe a silver lining of the race getting postponed a little bit more time to to you know, not only hit, but, uh, hopefully move past 25,000, which would be, which would be pretty awesome. Um, you mentioned some of some events that you've done and, and, and part of the reason I, I, I bring this part up and the fundraising in general is that, um, like I said, that was always a thing that, that has held, that had held me back from doing a charity event. And I have a feeling that maybe there's a few folks listening that are kind of in that same boat. So I'd love to get suggestions, ideas of, of, things that maybe other folks have done to help raise money besides just asking for friends and family. Of course, that's a great way to, to, to make a big dent in, in your fundraising requirements. But uh, what are some of the events that, that you've done to help raise money for the cause? Um, well, I have, I have a great circle of friends who have a variety of different connections that came forward to say, Hey, I can do this for you. Hey, I can do this for you. Some of it was direct sales who, you know, people that work from home, um, various products that they sell, one of them um, is a, has a wine sale business, and we hosted a, a wine tasting party, and he donated back a hundred percent of his of his profits from that night to my um, fundraising. So we sold a lot of wine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he and he donated back for that. I also hosted um, a, a local, um, well, it's a national company called Kendra Scott. 
and it's a jewelry store and they donate back 20% of sales for the day that I'm, I come in and, and I shared my story with every single person that came in. If they mentioned my name at the cash register, I, they're a 20% of their purchase mm-hmm. got donated to me and they told me I was their best salesperson they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a Tupperware party with a drag queen. That was fun. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, and that was just, again, looking for unique ways to get people engaged and not just asking for money. So yes, they bought something, but they got something for their, for their donation too. So, and it was kind of a, it was a party for the most part for most of them. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, that's, that's, I think the, I don't know if I say the best, but certainly an effective way is to have something that's unique. You know, like you said, um, you know, something a little bit different. Um, certainly still, you know, some plenty of people, hopefully at least are willing to, to just give anyway, but you know, having a little something, um, that, that can kind of be, you know, a little, a little extra motivator or a little extra something that, that makes it special is, is always helpful. And, and certainly, you know, when it comes to, um, at least what I've kind of found, and, and I'm still, you know, I've, I've done this once, so I'm not like the, the pro by any stretch, but kind of the more unique you can, you can do, um, you know, obviously the more attention it gets, the more, the more people are, are more than willing to, to donate. And, you know, goodness knows I've had a few folks that were like, you know, they donated the first time when I first announced it. And then I did this thing and they gave to that and they gave to the, like, you know, some, some of those same people donated several, several times, which was, which was really cool. And, and, you know, out of the, obviously out of the goodness of their heart, but maybe a little bit at least had to do with being creative when it comes to, to thinking of ways to try to raise funds as well. I also did um, a, a thing called fun, fun raiser Fridays in, in the beginning. And with that same goal that people that maybe have already donated because they wanted to. And then I had really fun prizes that I was raffling off. So if mm-hmm. they did a donation, so I had autographed items from um, Ohio state football players, which, you know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, right (laughs) kind of a thing um so just fun things that people um were interested in and were like oh i already go donated but i'd happily give you 10 to 20 more dollars for a a raffle entry ticket so Mm -hmm. it was kind of getting that repeat so maybe they only gave me 20 in the beginning but ended up giving me 100 by the time it was done just because of of the things that i was offering i did apple i had apple ipod um earbuds that i ended up with two sets because i want a pair from something else and mm-hmm. those went crazy so okay. it was just a way to engage people and then people shared it too so social media was a big big help um i didn't have social media when i did peloton <laughs> pelotonia uh, so this this has definitely helped yeah yeah um so you know it's, Obviously, kind of shifting gears a bit more to, to Boston specifically and specifically to, to this year, um, you know, you get you get signed up with team and training. You you hit your fundraising goal in a couple of months, which I'm sure had to be a big relief. And, and you know, you're still continuing to try to raise more. But like at least now, you know that, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you don't have to go in debt for this one. Like like you covered you covered that base and, and moving forward with the training. Um you know, as, as things were starting to develop with, with the coronavirus situation and, and start to thinking like, you know, probably this is, this might not happen like it was scheduled. Um, what was that process like emotionally? What was it like kind of, you know, the, the expectations and, and, you know, it's approaching and now it's not like, how is, how is the last couple of months of gearing up for Boston kind of what's, what's it been like for you? Um, the, 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 I mean, the months 
leading up to it, you know, you know your timeline and you know where you need to be from a, a physical standpoint. And um, it was hard. And the week before they made the announcement, I had run um, I had run 18. So I take that back. I had run 18 the, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to run 20 that Saturday that was coming up. And I told myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they, cause I, I anticipated it was going to happen because right. you saw, you saw five K's being canceled. You saw, I knew it was coming. It just kind of, it, it hit me emotionally because of all the training that it had, had taken place, all the people that had given money, because I didn't know what was going to be next. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue asking people to donate mm-hmm. because of everything that was coming. And, um, I told myself I wasn't going to cry. I gave myself a good 10 minute cry. (laughs) Um, when I, when I heard the announcement, even though I knew it was coming, but then I said, okay, I don't have to run 20 miles this weekend. (laughs) And I know, I know some people were like, I'm still going to run 20. I'm like, I'm not going to run 20 because I'm not, I I didn't have the mentality to do it that weekend. I still ran. Mm -hmm. I didn't run 20. And then just getting, kind of getting back to where I needed to restart. And it was, there was a silver lining in the fact that February was a very hard training month for me because of work. And I ran the a Disney mm-hmm. half marathon. Um, so there was travel, there was all kinds of stuff. And I didn't, I didn't feel my best and I was sick. So that kind of was what I kind of looked back and said, okay, you get a restart. So let's, let's see where you need to be and, and go back to the beginning, not pushing all the way back, obviously to square one, but let's, let's start the training over and then move forward. Yeah. And and I, you know, it's, it's easy to say, I think for me, because I'm not in the situation and I wasn't, you know, whatever it ended up being at at that time, a month away for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks from, from the actual race itself. But like, I, I feel like you handled it probably about as, as well as you could, you know, have, you know, give yourself uh, 10 minutes or a day or two, whatever, it, whatever it takes to kind of have the pity party and, and get, get the emotions out and, and, you know, deal with the, the, um, you know, just that whole, the change of plans that obviously was right there. Um, but then, you know, from a training perspective, like, yeah, you know, back off a little bit, obviously, uh, but, but keep working. And, and now you got a little bit longer to train for it. Although there's a double-edged sword sometimes, because then it's like, oh, well, I got a couple months. So you, it's, it's easy or a couple extra months, several extra months, uh, to prepare. It's easy to kind of maybe pull back too far. So how are you kind of trying to balance that or, or main, you know, maintain a certain level without dropping down, uh, too much and being too laissez-faire with your training? But at the same time, not trying to maintain, you know, peak 18, 20 mile fitness. I mean, that's probably pretty easy to, to try not to, to do that. But, uh, you know, how are you how are you finding training right now? Again, with with the fact that you can't be with your group and you can't be running with friends as much. Um, I know you said earlier it's, it's been a struggle, but, um, you know, it, as far as still having Boston out there, is that a little bit of a carrot to keep you going? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's definitely it, I, I don't ever want to go back to, to square one. Like I said, I am. I'm probably running more during the week than I was even over the winter. I had never trained for a uh, full marathon over a winter. So mm-hmm. that was a whole new experience. I'd always trained during the summer. Um, so can't wait to run in the heat again. Woo! <laughs> uh, right. But I, 
I'm still maintaining a more of a weekly run than I was before because I was doing cross training at a local um, Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't do that right now because they're closed. Right. So I'm running more during the week than I was before. I definitely miss my cross training. And then my weekend runs, I haven't bumped those up, but I'm my I've been at about five miles and I'm going to try to bump it up to eight for mm-hmm. my long runs and just kind of keep that for right now just to see where we're going to end up. Right. Um, and hopefully it gets a little warmer. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say too, that, you know, after I had my little pity party and I've posted this in, in my, in my Facebook and in my, um, fundraising page that when I started this, it was a bucket list for me, but I quickly learned it wasn't about me mm-hmm. because of the amount of people that shared their stories about their family members. And that's the, that's what got me off my, or out of my pity party is that this isn't about me. Right. anymore this what i was fundraising for was was because of people who are fighting this and and need need to find a cure need to find research need support and cancer cancer isn't on pause during right. all of this we're on a pause but cancer is still going on and even more people need these funds because of all of these patients who are their immune systems are compromised and there's a whole other aspect of fighting cancer right now and most people don't have the support to, for people to come see them mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe that kind of ties into to this next question. But how has it been being part of team and training during all of this? M- meaning, you know, I, I hate to say it like this, but like if you had qualified for Boston and you were running this year, you're kind of quote unquote on your own, you know, like, like you're not have um, – that type of organization that's, that's around you, the other people that are, that are doing it with you. Um, has that made it easier? How is, how has, um, you know, hearing their stories and maybe sharing some of those struggles back and forth, or at least having other folks to commiserate from all around the country, maybe even all around the world, but you know, has, has being a part of, again, kind of like you said, something that's not just about you, but something much bigger than you made, made this process at least maybe a little bit easier. It has because it, it, you know, when I started looking at like who else was on my team and, you know, we've, we've connected through Facebook now and just, you know, we were trying to get ideas from, you know, what, how they're reaching their fundraising goals, what they were doing differently. Um, we have one person on our team who has surpassed 50,000 and I was like, how (laughs) (laughs) she, and she had a, a, a great opportunity because she works for a company that matched uh, donations and she had great coworkers who donated large amounts. And that's amazing. I work for a very small company, so that was not my option, but I'm like, okay, so what else? So, you know, just getting that connection and then knowing that they're all in this together as Mm -hmm. that, you know, has been a phrase that's been used, but we were, we were all striving for the same goal and all had a reason. So understanding why they were doing it and what made them, continue to move forward was important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, um, at least in my experience and it kind of sounds like with you as well. Um, it, it's a good, maybe reality check or a good, good reminder, a little bit of perspective that it's, it's not like exactly like you said, it's not all about you. And same thing for me. Like when I was running goofy, like I had my, my personal reasons that I wanted to, to do that race. Um, and not that those were became invalid, but certainly was a little bit of perspective that, you know, this was a fun race, something I was looking forward to doing, but it was cool to do it for something much bigger than myself. Um, you, you've mentioned a couple of times that, that Boston started as a bucket list item and, and it's, it's kind of, um, you know, taken on a, a bigger than that, 
uh, situation now. But but what was it about Boston that was drawing you to, to make it a bucket list? I didn't begin with to, to start looking around for charities and, and you know find your way to team and training. What 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 was the, what was the allure of Boston for you? <laughs> I want to say I've I've just watched it for years, and there's okay. just something about the way the people in that city come together on that day, and it is a, a goal for so many people to strive for and to complete. And, and I'll be honest, when I see those jackets, <laughs> there's a little hint of jealousy. <laughs> I have, um, I share this on my, on my page. Um, ever since I was a little girl, I've loved unicorns and that's become one of my hashtags is unicorn power. And it just, that it's such a coveted experience. And I, I am thankful that I get to do it, not just to be part of Boston, but I kind of have two coveted experiences, mm-hmm. um, at my hands because of team and training and Boston. So it's just, I, 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 that's the best way I can explain it. No, that's, that's fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you. But Boston is, is everybody that knows that listens to the show. Anytime I talk to somebody who has run it, I, I can't, I, I almost have to get drug off to it, to a different topic. And, you know, because I, I'm just so into wanting to do it myself and wanting to qualify and be a part of it and the history and, and the whole nine yards. So I was just, just curious as to, to why it was on your list, because like you said, it's on a lot of people's lists as well. And, and, and I'm no different. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I do know. I, I know that this is a terrible question that I'm about to ask. So I'll preface, I'll preface that by saying that I recognize that, that this is not the, the greatest <laughs> question in the world. Um, and I don't know if you've even thought about it yet. So if not, no big deal, but, have you thought about kind of what's what's next after Boston? And, and maybe you have since Boston was supposed to be um, sooner than it, than it obviously is. But, you know, do you see yourself maybe doing more team and training events down the road? Or do you see yourself doing maybe running some fundraising events or, some, you know, as a charity runner for other organizations? Or have you even thought about what's what's next after Boston? From a, from a running perspective, um, I told myself, when I ran my last marathon, which was in 2012, that I was never going to run another <laughs> marathon unless it was Boston or New York. Fair enough. And so Boston hopefully will be able to be checked off. So I would love to run the New York um, marathon. I used to live there. Mm. And that would be amazing to see the city in such a different perspective than I, I lived in Manhattan and Hoboken. So I and I ventured to Brooklyn here and there. But to be able to run all of the boroughs mm-hmm. would be amazing. And to be able to fundraise for team and training, that would be amazing too. I don't know if I can um, run a full again, but maybe the half right. <laughs> for for New York, because that's team and training does the half too. And I know that that team and training, unfortunately, didn't get to run um, this year too. So mm-hmm. it, maybe that's a, a potential down the road. Um, but I, I, I am planning to run the Princess Half Marathon next year. Um, for Disney again with two of my best high school friends. We've run several Disney races together and kind of reconnected because of running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that's my, that's a, that's a goal too. And then eventually Disney, Disney, uh, Paris. Gotcha. I want to run that one too. Gotcha. Um, so since we're on, on, since you brought up Disney, that's, that's a, a easy segue for me to make as well. Um, what's, have you been a, a, a lifelong Disney fan? Cause I feel like when it comes to run Disney, it's either like, you know, it's the people that have been Disney friends forever and can't get enough, or um, they're just like, yeah, I have no desire to run anything Disney related. So I'm assuming that maybe Disney's been been a, a happy part of your life for for most of it. 
Disney for since I was a little girl, I've always loved Disney. And when I learned about the Disney wine and dine, I also love wine. And I thought it would be a great again. And one of those, it just happened to be perfect timing for that. So that was my first kind of entrance into Disney. And I loved every minute of it. The nighttime race at that time was completely threw me for a loop because I had no idea what to eat. I had no idea how to train as we were getting up to it. And I just had fun with it. That's the one thing that I tell people that run, run Disney. You definitely have elite runners that run, run Disney. Um, but I go for fun. I don't care about my time. I, um, uh, people who run, run Disney know about the, the, the balloon ladies. Um, I do always have them in the back of my head, even though I know I'm <laughs> well ahead of them. Uh, but I just enjoy it. And this past one in February, I took the time to stop and get pictures with every single character except mm. one. Um, because then I did start to get a little nervous about my time, which was <laughs> ridiculously awful. But um, and I just wanted to be done at that point. But I just enjoy it. And that's what I do with my two friends because we we love Disney together. This is something that we've connected on and we just have fun. And my my one friend, Patty, um, last year, two years ago, we did, um, wine and dine together and she was just going to do the 10 K and then she saw the medals cause she no mm. doesn't run. She never run up to there. And she, we were doing the challenge, my friend Jen and I, and she saw the medals and she's like, well, now I have to do the challenge. <laughs> so she trained and ran the half and the 10 K we ran the 10 K together. And then each of us ran the half on our own cause we were in different crowds. Mm. But, um, that was what I loved about I love about running and run Disney is because we found a connection, did it together, celebrated together, and then did t the Star Wars last year, 10K, because we wanted to actually eat something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't enjoy anything Disney food related because of, of running, but the, you know that's why we just did the 10K last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I think that, I think I, I always try to, to remind folks that any race, you know, have fun but you can really take it to a, a different level at Disney and stopping for photos and all that kind of good stuff is uh, certainly something that, you know, unless you're really racing it to be right up there at the front, which again, I mean, kudos to those that, that are way up there at the front of the pack. Um, Disney is not a race that, that is, is for most folks all about the time. I mean, it's, it's about, the, I guess it's about the time of the, the, the enjoyment factor, but not so much about worrying about PRs. I mean, if you want to do that, nothing wrong with that, but you know, stopping for photos, like that's, that makes those races to me a whole lot more fun. It sounds like for you as well. And I've, I've become a very smart, um, Disney costume, uh, <laughs> person. Um, like I said, the first, the first time I wore a tutu, which the tutu actually was not that difficult to run in. I had made a shirt that was cotton, um, mm. because I couldn't find a wick shirt to put my lo the logo that I'd created for that 13 and 13. And that was awful right. even at night, but we've become very minimalist in our Disney attire. And this last race that I did, I was, it was just a tank that had a castle on it because I'm, and I love the costumes. I love seeing them, but I also see what they look like at the end. <laughs> the yeah. people that go all out and it, it becomes, it's really cute at the beginning and then it's a hot mess by the end. I, I agree. I, as somebody who's, who's spectated almost as many Disney races, well, I, I better not say that because somebody will fact check me. I've, I've spectated several uh, run Disney races <laughs> and run several more. 
Um, and yeah, every time I see some of those costumes and it's just like, like, especially when, when my wife has run a couple of the races. So it's like, I'll, I'll try to get the, uh, the MVP spectator award where I'll bounce around to like two or three different places over the course to make sure to, to see her as many times as possible. And it's like, you know, you see, you see some folks at mile like three and like, they're still happy and everything looks good and the costume's <laughs> all in one piece. And you see them again at like mile seven and it's like, eh, okay. And then you see them again at like mile 12 and you're like, Ooh, like, like, they're, you can tell that they are regretting that costume choice or, you know, they've, they've taken the wig off and they're just carrying it or there's some prop that they're carrying and their arm is dragging. It's just like, like, that's why I don't do like, I'm, I'm a stick <laughs> in the mud when it comes to costumes. Like just give me my normal running gear, my running get up. And, uh, you know, I'll still stop for photos, but I don't need to be dressed like Prince Charming or something like that to stop for a photo wearing stuff that doesn't breathe. And I've never trained in before and the chafing and oof, no, no thanks. But if you do costumes, <laughs> you do, you, you, you do you, that's for sure. Oh yeah, you do you for sure. And and some of them they they do it like a champ. I, I especially in the princess, I love seeing um the variety and I love seeing the guys wearing their their princess gowns too. So that that was that was fun. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, as, we're, as we're wrapping up today, Kristen, I would love to uh, kind of close with something kind of similar to the introductory question, very open-ended. I, I call it the philosophical question, but uh, sometimes I feel like maybe calling it, giving it such a loaded name make, might make it a little bit more scary than it needs to be. But um, we'd just, we just be curious that, uh, you know, in, in the, the 10 years or so that you've been running and, and the different races you've run, all the different half marathons and, you know, a couple of marathons and getting ready for another one and, and just all the, that you've done in running over the, the, the time that you've been in the sport. Are, are there any things that you can point to or, you know, just one or, or whatever uh, of ways that running has changed you running, maybe the, that running has made you a better person. Uh, maybe something, a lesson you've learned that uh, has, is, you know, played out beyond just running, but uh, you know, just kind of in, in a broad sense, you can take it whichever way you want. This will we'll kind of put a bow on this one for today. Uh, how has running changed you over the, over the years? Uh, there's a definite, um, besides a physical aspect of it, um, made me stronger, but also, um, mentally there, there is it running makes me feel powerful. And especially when I've had a great race, the, the feeling is it, it's so hard to explain it until you feel it mm-hmm. when you've, um, when you've hit that finish line. I, I mean, I said 10 K's are my favorite, but I ran a five K last year because my goal was to get under 30 minutes. And I have only done that once in my life. And it was eight years ago and I am now 45. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that power that you feel when you finish and you finished well, is is something that I treasure and it stays with me and it actually pushes me for the next race because I want to have that feeling again and I just I I love the connections that I've made and the experiences that I've had that I can look back uh, back on because of running Mm. I'm just sitting here nodding my head the whole way through that and I'm sure that that folks listening are as as well as as I'm sure a lot of us can relate to those those same types of feelings so uh guys once again uh, if you would like to connect with Kristen and kind of follow along with what she's got going on, maybe throwing a couple of shekels into the, uh, the team and training coffers to, to help support her as, as she works towards, uh, gearing back up for the, uh, the fall version of the Boston marathon, uh, on Instagram, it's at K M I C Q U E on Twitter at Kristen M Foley. Again, that's Kristen with an E K R I S T E N M F O L E Y. Uh, disruns.com slash eight, three, six is the take is the link to take you back to the show notes. We'll obviously have her, uh, her social media uh, 
handles there linked up, make it real easy. We'll also have the, the team and training uh, link there as well. If you want to bounce over and, and just give a donation that way. Uh, and obviously we'll also have some photos, Cliff's notes, the whole nine yards, everything like we always do uh, that we talk about in for today's episode will be there. Dizruns.com slash eight, three, six. So uh, Kristen, thank you for, uh, for taking the time today. Um, sorry that, uh, you know, that, that Boston didn't happen as planned, but uh, hopefully again, we don't, nobody knows the future, but hopefully everything kind of takes care of itself. We flatten the curve. And by the time that the, the fall rolls around, you can have a great experience uh, lining up in Hopkinton and running into the city uh, and, and doing it for obviously a very great cause. So thank you for the time today and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. And I can't wait to see Boston in fall. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Kristen and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from our chat today? Uh, for me, it's kind of uh, one of those kind of one of those where it's, it blurs some lines a little bit, and, and there's there's a, a it's a bit you know less uh, point specific. You know, it wasn't like there was one exact instance, but uh, kind of a couple of threads that kind of came together for me in my mind as, as we had this conversation and then going back and listening to it again. Uh, and it was the idea that, you know, especially when it comes to fundraising, but you could you could very easily take the same takeaway and, and take the fundraising side of things, the team and training side of things out of the equation and, and just make it towards any type of challenge. But when, when Kristen was talking about, you know, signing up for Boston with team and training and, and that kind of scary number, of having to raise $15,000, which, uh, I would, I would agree. That's a scary number. That's, that's a lot to have to, uh, you know, say that, that if I don't hit it, my, you know, ding it on my credit card. If I can't get it donated, just, just charge me for it. That's whew, That's, that's a big number yet. Clearly not only did she get to her number, you know, but she's already well past it aiming for $25,000 when it's all, all said and done. And, where the takeaway comes in that, and and again, maybe it's for fundraising. Maybe you you are like me, up until this year where I've been on the fence, like not sure I want to do the fundraising thing, kind of a little bit nervous about raising the money, asking for for funds, donations, things like that. Sometimes you just got to sign up, commit to something, and do it. You know, maybe it's maybe it's signing up for that first half marathon not even bothering with the fundraising. Maybe it's, it's jumping in as a charity runner. Maybe it's, it's signing up to work with a coach, which I know a guy, but you know, whatever it is, whatever, maybe it's something outside of running completely that you're a little bit nervous about, not sure about, but once you sign up and commit, like you find a way to get it done. You know, Kristen found a way to, to blow past her $15,000 fundraising minimum in, in a couple of months. And now, you know, I don't want to, put words in her mouth, but now she's got a, a couple extra months to, to, uh, continue to fundraise for, for team and training, uh, because Boston got postponed. Well, shoot, maybe she's, maybe she'll end up blowing past 25,000 too, because she's got a little bit more time. So all that to say, or, or, you know, kind of the, the, the takeaway here for me to try to make it as neat as possible is sometimes just because something's a little bit scary. Like once you, once you commit, once you sign up, once you once you decide I'm going to make it happen, you'll find a way to make it happen. So it worked for me when it came to my fundraising. Uh, it's worked for me, you know, quote unquote, knock on wood, I guess not so much quote unquote, but more knock on wood when it comes to starting a podcast, creating my own business, be kind of building a, a, a life for, for myself and my family. Hasn't been easy. You know, it hasn't been certainly an overnight thing, but I committed and got it done, you know, figured it out. And so that's, that's my takeaway is just, you know, look at, look at, 
the, the aspects of the situation. Don't, don't just blindly jump into things. But just because something's scary doesn't mean it's not worth doing, not worth trying. And again, more often than not, I think if you, if you really commit and you really you know, decide that you're going to make something happen, once you, once you commit and you figure it out, you figure it out. So do with that what you may. Maybe it's, it's a little nudge towards charity running. Maybe that's a little nudge towards signing up for a new distance or setting a, a goal that's a little bit scary. Um, maybe it's something completely outside of, of running. Maybe it's not even something that resonates with you at all. Maybe you had something different. But for me, that's, this is my takeaway is don't be afraid to try something that's a little bit scary because, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where the growth happens, right? But uh, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at DizRuns. Shoot me a message on Instagram or tag me in a post on Instagram. Tag me at, at DizRuns there as well. You can also send an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at DizRuns.com slash 836, 836. DizRuns.com slash 836 is the link for today. Crazy to think we've made it that far. Also crazy to think we ain't slowing down. We're just going to keep on, keep on keeping on, keep pumping these, these jokers out. As long as you keep listening, I'm going to keep doing it. But uh, today, if you head over to show notes, isruns.com slash 836, we got links, we got photos. And of course, we got the comment section down there at the bottom of the page. You can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. And uh, maybe get a little conversation going in the comment section. So um, that is it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, once again, be ready on raceday.com is the website for the book. Uh, check it out. And, and again, even if there's, even if there's a lot of uncertainty about when races are coming, if you need some help kind of figuring out good, solid training principles, which are great year round, whether you've got a race on the horizon or not, uh, I, I hope, my hope is that the book will help you figure that out. And uh, of course, if you have questions along the way, just let me know. Be ready on raceday.com or just search for it on Amazon. Get yourself a hard copy, search for it on the Kindle store, get yourself a digital copy copy be ready on racedate.com and with that we'll officially pull this one into the harbor uh thanks for listening guys if you enjoyed this one tell a friend spread the word hit the share button on whatever device you're listening to this on and uh, help spread the word always uh certainly always appreciated and until next time y'all please be well take good care stay safe out there but keep running as well as as long as you can do it while maintaining the appropriate distances uh and, and just keep taking care of yourselves and each other until next time y'all take care mm-hmm.